day because we want to be in your presence. We want to spend time in your presence and we know you're always with us and we're grateful for that. But Holy Spirit, I ask that you would make yourself known as we worship this morning. Lord Jesus, help us to ascend to the place where you are, where Father is. Raise us higher this morning. We worship you. We exalt you, Lord. Spirit, come and inhabit our praise. Lord, be enthroned on our praise. Father, receive the glory that you have, that you allow us to give you. We love you, Lord. Oh, hang on a second. I gotta move some music. Okay. the highest king would welcome me I was lost but you brought me in oh your love for me He has ransomed me Your grace runs deep While I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me Yes, he died for me Who the Son sets free Is
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire time after time. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. And what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I know the author of tomorrow has ordered my steps. So this is my story, and this is my song, praising my risen King and Savior all the day long. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never never fail. 
I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard. him that's why I trust in God my Savior the one who will never fail he will never fail I trust in God my Savior the one who Trust in God. I bless you. I worship you. I glorify you, Lord. In the beloved, I know you are pleased with me. No sin to bind and no chains to shackle. You have set me free. to sing I'm where I belong in the arms of my beloved it feels like I can finally breathe 
You have set me free I am accepted In the beloved The past has no hold on me Not because of what I've done But because of your great mercy You have set me free And you Your presence gives me reason to sing I'm where I belong in the arms of my beloved It feels like I can finally breathe You have set me free setting us free. We are free from other people's expectations. From other people's judgment. And Lord, right now we just shake off anything that is not of you is trying to put us in bondage. We say no. We command you go to the feet of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay. We're going to sing a song that I wrote in 2001. That is 22, 23 years ago. Um, and as are usual for the songs that I write, it's the chord progressions are a little bit odd. So if I have to stop and go, oops, wait a minute, and get to the right chord, think nothing of it. It's just that I have been the bane of guitarists all over the world because of how I write my songs. I can't tell you how many times I've looked up, I felt like the guitar section was leaving me and I looked up and they were all giving me dirty looks like seen the magic of a moonlit night when the stars were scattered on a velvet sky and I've seen creation's majesty its colors rich and rare with a loveliness no poet could describe I've been blessed to hear the laughter of a little child and been glad I'd live to see another day. But when I come into your presence and kneel before your throne, the wonders of this earth just fade away. I'm captivated by your grace. I'm captivated in your presence. Everything else falls away when I see your face. Everything else falls away when I see your face. I have been held spellbound on a winter's day, wrapped up warm while I watched the falling snow. And I felt the forest mystery the stillness and the calm with a peace that soaks down deep within my soul I have heard the wind blow wild and free fearsome in its might and then felt that wind grow gentle like a dove but when I come into your presence 
and worship at your feet. I'm awestruck by your glory and your love, and I'm captivated by your beauty. I'm captivated by your grace. I'm captivated in your presence. Everything else falls away when I see your face. Everything else falls away when I see your face. Holy
things to me to try to make me laugh. And they'd laugh at me when I laughed. And uh, so one day I just determined I wasn't going to laugh anymore. I was just a little guy. Probably five or six years old, maybe four. I hadn't laughed in um, 50 years. Spirit of God came on me and I began to laugh and to weep and fall on the floor. And everybody, including my wife, was looking at me like I'm crazy. I don't know him. I'm not married to him. <laughs> Who is this man? Who is he? Somebody, y'all let somebody in here wrong. Can I say in my defense, I didn't doubt that God was doing something. I'd just never seen anything like that. And 
I certainly didn't want any part of it because I had I had had to work hard to gain the respect of the people in that group and it was important to me that they took me seriously and <laughs> I just couldn't see that happening on the floor <laughs> no I I I had never seen him but one time cry. I had never seen him laugh. I I just didn't know. But he was taking out entire rows of chairs because he was literally holy rolling on the floor. Okay, carry on. But it also, in that deal, was... Uh, healing and we went around places we went to Springfield Dallas everywhere prior uh, re releasing it to other churches and uh, it was life changing I'd, I'm just talking. Jack had received this for it probably a couple of months, and I just didn't. She wouldn't want, go there. I didn't want to. I just I didn't like it. For me, I mean, he could do whatever he wanted to do, but don't ask me to laugh and giggle and act drunk and I uh, so we went up to a leaders meeting somewhere I don't even know where we were we we were in a hotel and and they were using luggage carts to put people on to take them to their rooms because they were so out of it. <laughs> and, you know, you in a thing like that, a situation like that, people were trying to give it to you. And I didn't want anybody touching me. I'm not going to receive anything from anybody except God. I mean, that was my attitude, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's where I was at. So I, there was a, a table with a tablecloth on it at the back of the room that had coffee and water and stuff like that. And so I got back there um, by that table and kind of pulled the tablecloth in front of me. Hiding, literally hiding from all these people who wanted to lay hands on me. 
And I was like, okay, okay God, I, I recognize this is of you. And you know I don't like it. But I don't want to miss out on anything that is you. So if you want to do this, I open myself up to receive from whatever you want to give me. And if I look foolish, so be it. If I look stupid, so be it. At least I'll be in good company. (laughs) And so, by the end of that service, I was one of the biggest drunks there. And it was marvelous, let me tell you. Just just because it was it was the presence of God, unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I mean, there was nothing icky or you know, I just realized my body was not created to contain this much of God. It's it's just behaving in weird, weird ways. And by then, Jack had become like a fire starter. And so I went with him, and we laid hands on people and, and just had some hilarious experiences, but also some life-changing experiences as we watched God work. I mean, we were working in the miraculous There is nothing to cause someone to start laughing or crying or responding like that when you touch them. There is nothing except, you know, maybe mental illness (laughs) or a miracle. I mean, it it was was quite cool. Mass cognitive delusion. A what? A, they call it mass cognitive delusion. Mm-hmm. There's a new name for it. Yeah. Before that, it was just God. Now it's mass cognitive delusion. <laughs> well, I there was know. a lot of that going around in those days. We've established recently that this is a time of healing. In that meeting up there on the lake, we, uh, I, I was in the spirit, and Don Newman, which you knew, I don't know if you've ever met Don or not, but he was a good brother, uh, gone on to be with the Lord, but he and I set Lyndon Howes in as a pastor in Clayton. We'd go down at least once a week. I guess a Sunday night, wasn't it? Or I think it was Sunday nights. We'd, we were going down for quite a while to set in a pastor, and it turned out to be Lyndon and Angela. But 
he had came up to me and I just reached up, touched his leg, kind of trying to help myself up. And he said, what did you, what did you do? What did you do? And I said, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> and he said, my, leg, my knee's healed. And uh, so there was healing in that and it and I think that's the reason I'm going that direction is just to say that there's been a lot of things in the body of Christ that have been released and then going on to something else and the next thing and the next thing and we forgot what got us there. There's a starting point when you do things. You, you don't just wind up over here some morning all of a sudden with it all. I don't think. I think we, we can get there if, as God has allowed us, but we can't do it in our own strength. We can't heal in our own strength. Uh, we can't fill this building in our own strength. But God wants that. And I, I don't know, I, I was, uh, I don't, again, I'm drawing straws here. But uh, there's something to be said along the way. This week I got off into... Second Samuel, and I don't even remember how I got there. It was something that stirred me to go there and read the story of Amnon and uh, Hamar. And if you know it, you, you know what it's about. If you don't know it, then Go back and read it, Second Samuel 13. But it has what God wanted to show me in it, as far as I can figure out, is that there is a place of forgiveness. There is a place of uh, healing. There's a place there of uh, doing things right, going back and doing things right. And there's a place for in the body. This, this is a story about being whole and complete. And it, even being able to get there in a time of hurt and, and uh, Tamar, after her brother had been with her, she, she said when he went to put her out she said please don't do this wrong that's worse than what was the original 
And that, that, that struck me. And that we want to, we need to be able to forgive. And we need to be able to uh, pray blessing, even in a place of hurt, even in a place of wrong. And we we have over the years the church has wandered off into things of God, but then maybe we've walked away from them for the next thing, not in not having the original and then the next and the next, all of it being put together. Uh, I think God is in the business of putting us together. Put us together. He's in the business of doing that. And not not just, well, I, I once did this. We need, we need to do, keep everything together. We don't need to drop things, lay it down. We need to keep it together, put it together, use it all together, and trust God and believe God for I I can remember hearing people say, oh, that's just the latest thing. Well, it may be the latest thing, but it's the greatest thing when you can include it all. So, anyway. Do something with that. Okay. <laughs> um, I had a good friend of many, many years who unfortunately we're not friends anymore because of silliness on his part, but um, one of the things that I used to say to him all the time was, sooner or later you're going to get tired of riding the surf and you're going to want to go out to God's deep waters and just sit and enjoy the stillness of his deep waters because that's where he truly is. And for some reason he took that to mean that I wasn't looking at the miraculous things of God anymore. I didn't want to be involved in the uh, miraculous move of God. While you're there, I want to just say that you know, since you opened up water in uh, Ezekiel, where it talks about going out into the water, the last place is a place where you can't go on in your own strength. The only way you can get there is with God. That's the only way. <clears throat> I had a dream last night. I'm going to go this direction now. I'm going to leave okay. that direction over here for a minute. I'm going to go this yeah, direction. Right. I had a dream last night, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I've been sitting here all day saying, well, I'll just talk to him afterwards and see if something happened on Wednesday that this is relevant to. Um, in the dream, 
there were a number of Christians, myself included, a number of people that are here. Um, Dana and Kay were really kind of prevalent because you guys were dealing with a lot of, there was a lot of women doing stuff. Uh, there was a lot of women doing things, and you and Dana were doing stuff, and Laura was there working off to the side too, and there was, there was a lot of women doing things. And Jack and I were off to one side. Ronnie was off talking to a gentleman on the dock, and everybody was there. Like there was, but there was people there I don't even know yet. And we were all around this water. And I was standing in the water, in about four or five inches of water. And I looked down, and there were coins everywhere. And I went, "What are these?" And I went to pick one up. And there was a guy that was standing right beside me on a dock. And he said, don't. And I said, what? He said, be real careful which one you pick up. I said, what are you talking about? He said, some of them are just coins. But he said, some of them are landmines. And I went, oh. He said, be very careful which ones you pick up. He said, look, let me show you. And he reached into the water and he picked up one. He said, this is a denarii. And all the coins were Roman. He said, this is worth a hundred denarii. And then he started telling me about the divisibility of the different coins. And he said, and they use this one coin, and it's this. And it was a type of coin that is a, divisive, a division of a denarii. So whatever that is, I don't remember the name of it. They use that because it balances the mine off perfectly. Don't ever touch them. Be very, very careful which coins you touch. I'm still not sure exactly what that means, but I know it's God. I don't know if he's giving us direction about a financial situation. I don't know if he's giving somebody a personal word, but because water and <laughs> you can only do, I got to mention it. So this is, this is the miraculous. This is the space that we're supposed to live in. You know, um, I'm probably going to share more stuff in the weeks to come. Jack and I were talking, but I don't say these things to be a braggart. I don't. Uh, Dana has experienced some amazing, miraculous things, angels especially, um, show up and appear in front of her. Manifestations, spiritual manifestations uh, come about, and she just sits there. You can always, if you're in a group, you'll watch her. She'll be very quiet. She'll be sitting there like this, and then all of a sudden she'll go, because this, whatever it is, is right in front of her, you know. Um, we've experienced healing. We've experienced all the things you would think are normal stuff, and then there are things that are so abnormal that I don't even know what to do with them. Um, I... We're driving to a conference that we were speaking at. We were speaking at a Valentine's Day conference, which ended up being a surprise wedding. It was a couple that we had set up together, and they got us to speak and then surprised everybody by telling them that the conference wasn't really a conference. It was a wedding. That was really fun. But on the way there, we got to see um, a spectacular display of God's amazing natural 
ability to create something. I have a video of it if anybody wants to see it, but it is literally a one in a million thing. I took a video of it. I ended up selling it to the Weather Channel down here in the States. But what it is, uh, if, you're, if anybody's familiar with sun dogs, does anybody know what a sun dog is here? So in the wintertime when ice forms in the air, if you get ice flowing in the air, you'll look up at the sun and there'll be spots like this in the sky. That happens in Canada quite often. You see that often. But this was spots in the sky, a band around like this with spots, a band around the middle with spots, and a band around the bottom with spots. And when you look back this way where the reflection was, there was another circle and it looked like there was a second sun. And it is so rare, it's literally more than one in a million. And we got to see this thing on the highway and just give praise on a February weekend in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of friends that were all traveling together on this miraculous thing. Now you can say, well, okay, that's just a wonder of nature. Yeah, it is. But it's God's creative ability to show you a wonder and a wonderment. This morning you talked about Ronnie and Mike seeing their mom. And, you know, we had an instance where my son wasn't able to see my dad and say goodbye to him because it scared him too much. He was too little when my father passed away. And he was so sad about it. I said, well, you know, buddy, I said, if Grandpa Merv wants to come and say goodbye to you, he will. I said, don't worry about it. It's all good. He loves you. I know, but I wanted to say goodbye to him. And my father showed up in the room at that moment. I shared that with a few people and I got the look of blasphemy communicating with the dead. And I looked at him and I said, Scripture never says the dead can't appear to you. Scripture says you're not to seek communication with the dead. There's a difference. Don't give me that. Take your religion and stuff it where the sun don't shine. I got no time for that garbage. I, I just don't. Um, when I got saved, it is a religious spirit, yeah. And when I got saved, I, one of the things that happened to me was Lord said, I'm here. Literally said that. I got saved one night. Miraculous events happened that day. I woke up the next morning, and when I woke up, he said, I'm here. And I went, like, still, it's real. It wasn't just a delusion. It wasn't because I was coming off LSD. It wasn't because of a number of thousand and one different things that were happening in my life. He said, I'm here. What's that? Yeah. But don't. That's right. So for, for God to say to me, I'm here, that started something and I realized that he was... From 1978 to 1982, I set up for rock bands. And you very quickly realize that these people are nothing special, they're just people. And they're fun. Most of them are just fun, you know? Um... I quickly realized after I got saved and had that experience of I'm here that God was not just people but that he was with you in everything 
just like a buddy would be that you met at a concert. There was nothing famous about him other than he created the universe. And he wanted to have that type of a relationship with you. So I'd get up in the morning and I'd say, what are we going to do today, Lord? And then I'd listen. And I know that sounds really spiritual. It really wasn't. I didn't know God any other way. That's what it said you were supposed to relate to him like in the Bible, and so that's what I did. I've had instances where I was, after driving on the highway for 72 hours, I pulled over and I slept for almost 24 hours, got up refreshed and feeling fantastic, and went to walk out on a highway, and a wing stopped me from here to here as a semi-truck went screaming by, and I almost died. And I had looked both ways before I crossed. There was no semi. I don't know what happened. I have been in situations over and over where God's miraculous events have occurred in my life. Like crazy miraculous things. And what I want everybody to hear is that's normal. You see, that's where we're supposed to live. I have suffered with pain in my back and my feet to the point where I took one of my wife's pain pills from when she had her surgery a few days ago and it shot my blood pressure up so bad that I couldn't do anything. And last night, the pain came back and I was going to rant and rave and scream and yell again because it just hurts so bad I can't function. And instead I stopped and I said, Lord, I have asked for healing for this. I don't know how many times. I don't want to be a clanging bell. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it for your glory. I stopped complaining about it now. I'm done. If I have to live with the pain, I'll live with the pain. But I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. And I have found in times of yielding, God works, but you don't use it as a formula. But when you yield, God will do his perfect will. And there are things that as Christians, we need to yield. We need to give up. We need to let go of. And we just need to walk in what his word and his manifest presence tells us to do. And there are going to be people, and there are people who do things like myself, that people go, what? And you've got to put that spirit of religion behind them. You do. Lovingly, kindly, sometimes with patience, sometimes not so much. Just like Christ did. But you put that spirit of religion behind them. You see, God spoke in the New Testament, Jesus did three things. He gave direction to the disciples. He chastised the religious. And he challenged the believer. Those are the three formulas of teaching that Jesus gave. And a lot of times we take his chastisement of the religious and try and turn that into a teaching for us. And it's not. It's a chastisement for a religious spirit. And if we fold into it, we become what he didn't want us to become in the first place. So when the miraculous shows up and things begin to occur, 
because they're going to. The further we get into this, and I'm just going to say this, the further we get into this, the more I have a sense and a feeling and a knowing in my knower. I can't remember who said that at ICLC, but I just laughed when I heard it. I had a knowing in my knower that we are about to enter into a state of the miraculous and healing is coming. Joy is coming. Laughter is coming. Freedom is coming. It's important to remember that Jesus encompassed all of the things. Healing, teaching, evangelism, all of those. He, he embraced all of it. And we, we want to focus on one thing at a time. And he's saying, I'm putting it all together. There's a, this is a time of putting it together to experience in fullness who God is. Yes. And, and uh, Ephesians 3 it says that the only way to know God is through the Spirit. That Holy Spirit teach you who God is. Instead of looking for it in some in in things. Allow Holy Spirit to teach you. And I think that's where we're headed. A, a teaching of who God is. In Christ, when he teaches, teaches experientially. So don't be shocked if you're reading something one day and then a couple days later you're confronted with an experience that challenges what you read. Because our brains read things and formulate what we're reading through our past experiences. They call it seeing through rose-colored glasses. Right? And then all of a sudden, or, or dimly, exactly. That's exactly it, looking through a veil. And all of a sudden, the veil is removed. And we go, oh, that's what you meant. And that's the revelatory experience of God. But when the revelatory experience of God happens outside of what we expect as being the normal, sitting on our couch reading the word, going, oh, that's really good, Lord. That makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. I love that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I love that. But I miss walking into the presence of God that is thick as a wall. I miss walking into an experiential situation where God starts to teach you as you're rolling on the floor and you don't even know you're rolling on the floor. The last thing you remember, you were coming from the kitchen. I miss unexpected glorious events. There's no other way to put them. And whatever new thing, because God is going to do a new thing. You know, if we're expecting that we're all going to start laughing again, probably not going to happen. If we're expecting jewels and gold are going to drop from the sky, probably not going to happen. If we're expecting all the different things that we've experienced in the past, probably not going to happen because our God is a new God. He's new every morning. We miss that, right? 
He is new every morning. It's not just our experience with him is new that we feel refreshed and awoken, but he is new every morning. Get ready. Get ready. We're going to talk more about this and get into more specifics about what the Spirit of God does, how the Spirit of God works, but more so about the experiential side of things and why it's real and what it is. And I think that's important because it prepares our spirits, right? It works up the ground, turns it into a fertile place where when God does something to somebody who's sitting at home, and I don't really care whether it's me or John or Rusty or Ronnie or anybody here. I don't. But we're sitting at home and we go, oh, where did that come from? And all of a sudden we're in a place that we had, you know, and Ronnie calls up Rusty and says, I just had this experience. And Rusty goes, I'm in the same place, you know, and, and these type of things start happening. This is a wonderful thing and I'm looking forward to it, but we've got to plow the ground up. That's one thing we're responsible for is turning the soil, making sure our spirits are in the right place. It's just amazing how God pulls it all together, but the Holy Spirit I was just thinking of how when Mary became pregnant with Jesus and then she went to see Elizabeth and you know they say that uh, there's no life in there. How stupid. How stupid are we? She said the moment, the moment that Mary spoke to Elizabeth, from the way I read it, John would have been about six months. She was about six months pregnant, Elizabeth was. Mary had just conceived through the Holy Spirit. But the minute Mary spoke to Elizabeth, what happened? John jumped. <laughs> it says <said> with joy. <laughs> and that's where I want to live. That is my desire. And I think about the moment, we, and I think it's true for every one of us. The purity of being saved, that first moment that you accept Jesus Christ. All that junk's gone. That's when healing comes. And God was just showing me. He said, uh, without forgiveness, you can't have healing. It, it goes together. You can't have one without the other. So you got to fully trust. You got to fully forgive. And then the Holy Spirit acts and moves upon us and restores and renews and rebuilds and that's why God said you got to do this every morning every morning 
You got to get in it. Let the Holy Spirit move. Not you know when you are or you ain't. There ain't one of us that don't. You know whether you're in truly in the presence of God or if you're in the presence of self-want. And I choose to be in the presence of God. I, you talk about things just being revealed to you. You know, I I told you a story about a couple of weeks ago. It's been nearly a month ago now, but I was working and got tangled up in that extension cord and and fell. But as I started down, I just felt the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, catch me about halfway down and and I ain't gonna tell you it didn't hurt. But I hit the ground hard and there was nothing broken. I jumped right back up. I thought, Lord, how did I get up? <laughs> Monday morning I'm headed to work. I usually go up to the Choctaws and get me a coffee and biscuit. I get just this side of the turnpike here and running about 65 mile an hour. There's a car on the inside lane right beside me and from the west I see a deer coming. And I thought, Lord, there's no way of missing this, is there? That car is right beside me. I'm on the outer lane and I think, that hits that car. But God. But God. That deer come across there and I hit that deer just as square as you could hit it with that brush guard on the front of that truck. It knocked that deer probably 40 or 50 feet in front of me. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. I, I got out and looked at my truck. That tag of the crosses on my truck was wrinkled a little bit. Not a hair one on my truck. The deer laying there in the highway didn't even look like it had been hit. <coughs> but it did. <laughs> but I just thank God. You know, we pray. I pray every day that God goes before me, that he surrounds us. And he does. But what I'm getting at is the Holy Spirit protects us. God protects us if we ask, if we believe, if we trust. That's he all protects, he's asking us to do. It. He gives, he protects, he gives, he teaches, he enlightens. Yes. He shows forth his love. That joy. He just reminded me of the joy that he gave us when he saved us. He wants us to walk in that joy every day. And that's hard to do. I ain't gonna lie about it. It's hard to do. It's something you gotta practice. You've got... 
God's word is just daily instruction of how we are to live. You know, I had a a teacher, uh, people laugh at me about this, but it was so true. She told me, I don't know, I think I was in 11th grade, but she was our history teacher. She told me one time, she said, Ronnie, she said, I know you could do this if you would just apply yourself. And I was a smart mouth kid. I looked at her. I said, yeah, but I just don't want to apply myself. (laughs) (laughs) I know I can get this if I apply myself. And that's all God's asking us to do. He said, if you seek me, you'll find me. He's so good, people. He is so good. So good to us. To reveal to each one of us, like you say, I want to live in that realm of the Holy Spirit where I know, hey, this ain't nothing new. This is what my Father does for me. I want the world to be blown away by it. So they can see that they want it. That they want some of that. That's why I love the song so much. It says, don't tell me he can't do it, Rusty. I've already seen too much. I've seen the dead raised. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen the death here. I've seen the lame get up out of a wheelchair. A man paralyzed from the neck down. He run the back of the pews in that church and never missed one of them, Sean. (laughs) Run them three times that night and never missed one pew and walked himself home. (laughs) So don't tell me my God can't do it. He does it for him, he'll do it for me. He'll do it for you. We get so wrapped up, you know, and if we could just learn to live, as Paul said, lay aside all this junk that would so easily beset us and keep focused. Stay focused on what God does, not what man says. I hate religion with a passion, Sean. I think everybody in here knows that. The Pharisees, full of religion. It's time to put that junk behind us and walk in God, in the Spirit. Got a mic. Oh. <laughs> You're next. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you are, Rusty. I got nothing. Yeah, you 
outside right now. I got up yesterday morning and I had had a dream. And it was, it was bringing me peace. Whoops, um, hold on, I'm well coordinated over here. I saw this word and it was on my forehead and it had been there since I was a child. And uh, the word was forsaken. And God started showing me just the events of my life from then until now. And I've always had a hard time with relationships and trusting people. And he just went through a list of things that weren't right, um, things that should not have happened, and uh, a list of the people who had hurt me. And it was pretty long, and I thought, well, no wonder I have trust issues. <laughs> anyway, and uh, he had, uh, he removed that from my forehead, and I felt hope for the first time and I, uh, I pretty much my days would be filled with dread and oh God, what else is coming? Because I don't know. Anyway, I, but I got up and I I wrote it down. I wrote down the word forsaken and I looked it up, and it said to give up something formerly held dear, to renounce leave altogether, to abandon, desert, depart or withdraw from, to turn away from entirely. And so God had removed that from my forehead. And the first song Kay sung today was saying, I am not forsaken. So I looked up the opposite of that and I think that's that's what I need to start focusing on and and speaking over myself and if this is for anyone else so the opposite of that is cherished, helped, nurtured, loved, saved, redeemed, reclaimed, recovered, restored, rescued, possessed, kept, harbored, and owned. Yeah, but I uh, I just feel like when I was saved, um, there was prophetic words over me, and just those, especially those first couple of years I was saved before the church, like the church I was at, kind of dissolved, and it was just awful. But anyway. <laughs> um, but one of the words was, um, uh, you are in the palm of my hand, protected, but you will be um, 
you will be uh, attacked from the north, the south, the east, and the west, from up above and from down below. But you are in the palm of my hand, and I've set people along your path who will help you. And so from the beginning for me, that relationship with, I call him HG, Holy Ghost, that relationship between me and him have been a necessity because uh, been family, loved ones, pastors, my first husband, and the list goes on and on of people who have hurt and betrayed you and you've done nothing wrong and they've said things about you and um, and another word but that God God said he's put people in my path throughout my whole life who have helped me at certain times and he provides I just want to say that God provides and so Whatever situation I face, I know that he's with me and that he'll get me through it. Um, at the end of this dream, I found it interesting you guys were talking about water. I was underneath water and I couldn't get myself out and I was laying there. And someone stuck their hand in, grabbed hold of me and pulled me up. And this has to do with work. Um, and I was like, wow, I didn't see it coming from that direction, but I'm really holding on to that, uh, that God has taken this, because that has been, that was one of the things on the list too, was people at work, uh, just things that shouldn't be happening, and things that I've worked really hard for and not gotten anything from. But God sets people in your path to help you along the way. And I don't really know how this ties in, but I was sitting here this morning, and when I first walked in, it felt, I felt kind of empty and cold, and, but I felt his presence warming up. And he's here today, and I felt like, it feels like this place is full. And I was thinking about uh, the angels of wisdom, and I, where they were, had lined the walls here. And I saw these big barrels of precious oil, and they lined the walls, and they were stacking up. And God said, this is my storehouse this is my storehouse. And I, I just knew that in the months and however, weeks, months, whatever is to come, there's some storms coming that are going to shake people. And people are going to return to God who they're comfortable sitting in a hollow church where the Spirit of God is restricted. And they're going to hunger for what they once had. And they're going to come looking, and, and they're going to see it here. God, God provides. He puts people in people's paths when they need him. And there's going to be people coming in need. 
people that used to know him that are returning and people that have never known him, but they're not satisfied with um, a form of religion. They want God. It's, it's funny, we're on this new diet and um, on this carnivore diet and there's, I can tell a difference from when I eat, uh, if I'm having a steak for dinner or if I'm having a chicken breast, the chicken does not satisfy me like the steak does. It doesn't have as much nutrients in it and I just, I no longer want it. But that's what everybody tells you is healthy and that you should be eating. But your experience tells you different. That's, people are going to start waking up and be like, no, I want God. And when I was, uh, when I was first saved, uh, I was in 11th grade. I was in my first foster home. <laughs> I was... When I was saved, period, weirdo, I was in my foster home, and I had been, life had been really rough. Um, I had a stepfather who was inappropriate, and I got to the age where I wasn't going to take it anymore, and my mother had kind of halfway protected me up to that point, and one, the day came where she made the decision that she chose, and she did not choose me. And so I ended up running away and in foster care, and I, every, my whole family I lost, everything I knew. And so I had been in this other foster home for about two, two and a half years, and they loved me. For some reason, I was like their favorite, and, and of all the kids there, there was about six of us there, they wanted to adopt me, and they wanted to eventually marry me off to, uh, to one of their grandsons. They were quite old. Um, and I was so happy. I had found everything that I had been taken, everything that I wanted. And it was, life was wonderful. And uh, I started having these dreams that I had died and gone to hell. And they, they literally scared the hell out of me, like they did. It was, it was very graphic. I'd wake up screaming. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. And I'm like, what is going on? And I tell you, after that third night, I had decided that I was going to find the strongest Christian I could uh, at school, ask them where they went to church, and I was going to go. And I did. And uh, and uh, it was a place called Word of Life Outreach in Mulgee. And Mike Beecham and Mike and Phyllis Beecham were the pastors there. Uh, but I went on a Wednesday night, um, and the youth pastors were there, Don and Carol Adair, and they were having this talent show, if you can call it that. They called it an untalent show. But anyway, uh, the, and they did this skit called The Letter, and the, where 
this girl ends up dying and going to hell and she is permitted to write a letter to send back up to the living to this Christian and saying, why didn't you ever tell me what was coming? Why did you not ever tell me that this, were, uh, this is where I was heading? And uh, in the skit, they, had, uh, they showed the demons dragging her back into, into hell. And the sound system was messing up, and so it meant they had to redo it three times. I was about to claw myself to the front of that church to get saved, no matter what. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. Anyway, Carol had taken me in to the side over there after the meeting, and her daughter was really weird. She was twirling and dancing, and I'm like, what the crap? Dancing twirly people. Twirly freaky people, I called them Bobby. Anyway, but Carol prayed with me, and I prayed the prayer, and I felt the Holy Spirit enter me, and I laughed for at least 45 minutes, and I couldn't get up. And I was like, oh my gosh. And my life was drastically changed. And I went home to share all this good news, and they didn't want to hear it. Uh, you know, they let me go to church, but as time went on, I started taking some of the other kids to church with me, and I started reading my Bible at the dining table, and they, that was not cool. And it got to the point to where they said, you can't go to that church anymore. If you want to go to church, there's one two blocks down the road. You can go to that one, but you are not allowed to go back there. And inside of me, everything died. Because I loved this family, but I had found a greater love. And I thought, am I going to have to do this again? Why do I keep getting put in this position? And uh, to the point to where they, uh, so they did that, and I got a hold of the youth pastors, and they said, well, we didn't know why, but we had been taking foster care classes. Do you want to come and live with us? And so I did. And then my first foster family uh, had us taken away uh, I went and another girl went who had come and gotten saved at the church. And um, we both had went over to live with them. And the first foster family I was with that had loved me so much had uh, turned, to, turned the church in because they were uh, speaking in tongues and doing things inappropriate. And it just... It wasn't a Christian church, they said. And so we got taken out of there and put into the, uh, a shelter temporarily, and they had to go through this whole investigation. I don't know. I think we were away for about two weeks, and we finally got to go back. But the point of that was um, sometimes you have to choose between things. You have to choose the better the better point and people are going to come 
come to that, I feel. When things start happening in the world and things get hard, they're going to choose the ones that God has laid on their heart. They're going to come back and choose God. They're going to choose the more precious over what was what was earthly precious or what is heavenly precious and they're they're God said this is his storehouse and it is filled with oil I just I just want to say one thing Dana the I couldn't I didn't know why I was drawn to the songs that we did today it's just I don't know, you know. But it was like the other song that was telling you who you are now is I am accepted in the beloved. And I, I just saw it's like you had this tattoo over your forehead, on your forehead that said forsaken, and that's been removed. And now you have new t tattoos that say chosen and accepted. And the, I know nobody th here thinks you ought to get tattoos, but... Okay. <laughs> Nevertheless, a tattoo is a mark that is not easily removed, really. Only God can remove a tattoo. And it talks about uh, he has our name engraved in his hand. Well, you can't engrave on flesh, so you have to tattoo it. And I think that's what he's... Anyway. Before you move off of that, so I don't get mixed up. I think you had removed yourself when she started telling this. And she had... Oh, you had the same word. Yeah, I, I heard that, that, and then it got removed, but then I saw, I thought, oh, because the song, the first song, I am chosen, not forsaken, I am who you say I am. So that chosen is one of the things that's been applied to you that has you have new labels I guess is a way of saying it and then that other song I am accepted in the beloved I know you are pleased with me that's the other one that's the other label chosen and accepted and that's a new it's like a new name for you a new um description a new people are going to start treating you different and they won't know why but it's because they're reading on your forehead oh I can't treat her like she's forsaken anymore she's accepted and chosen uh, uh, the Lord's been speaking to me about something like that uh, where that it will go well with people 
if they treat you right. It will go well with people. Anybody that does you right. And the Lord has been speaking that to me, but I know that it's something to be released into everyone here. It will go well with you if they treat you right. It will go well with you. Right? It will go well with you if, if the people around you, people you're in contact with, if they treat you right. It, and it's to their benefit for them to treat you well. <laughs> people, people are going to know to treat you well. But I've been hearing that for a while. And, and it's, uh, back in the day, it got treated wrong. There was a scripture that says, or it wasn't really a scripture, I don't think. But what they used it to say, That's not God's anointing. Right. That's a that's a misnomer. That's not right. That's the correct thing is it will go well with them if they treat you right. So I take that myself, and I would advise you to take it. Also, it's a tremendous place to be in the Lord. I go well. I got one last short thing. Shorty. Okay, here we go. When you dig a well, mud comes out of the ground, slurry comes out of the ground, dross comes out of the ground, surface water comes out of the ground until you get to the where the well is actually getting primed from water that's pure, that's coming up from the depths. And then that flushes all that dross and everything else out. And I kept seeing this image over and over in my head as we went through the people giving messages today. And I believe what the Lord is saying is, if you're one who doesn't give a word, and this isn't just for you, Rusty, I'm not picking on you. I, I want to be real clear. I'm, re I'm really not, okay? I really want to be clear about that. This isn't just Rusty. There's people here. There's people that are listening to this that are sitting at home and they don't come because they feel like they're getting fed and they feel like they're being a part. And maybe some of you know them and some of you don't. I'm not asking anybody to encourage anybody. I want the Holy Spirit to work on people by this. We had an individual that used to meet with us in a church in Canada called Rap Session. And this person came. And without fail, they always said, no, I really don't have anything to share. And then they'd sit there for the longest time and they'd say, I have just a couple words. And it wouldn't be like me where I'd talk for half an hour after I said that. They literally had a couple words. They would say, gold coins in the water. The Lord's just saying, gold coins in the water. And all of a sudden, a person over there and a person over here, and you could see their faces going, and the stories would start. 
And a miraculous connector happened because they opened their mouths and they gave the little bit that they had. They didn't feel they had a springing clean well to draw from. They didn't feel like they had anything big and miraculous. But the reality was, is that what God gave them, their portion, as their well was being drilled, as their well was being dug deeper, that little bit had every bit of importance that someone who's talking for a long time or seems to have all the wisdom of the Lord, that's, that's dukem, okay, thinking that way. Everybody's word has a value. So if you're sitting at home and you're listening to this, we want you here. We want to see you. We want you to be a part because you have a word for us. You have a connector. You have a place to be. And this place is called home. And you're a part of us for a reason, and we need you. Amen. Let's uh, say our declaration. As we have given back to the Lord a portion of what He has given us, we declare that He teaches us prophet and leads us in the way we should. The Lord gives us power to make wealth and supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. We bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem as he blesses us in the way we can known on the earth and in salvation among all nations. So Lord, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs, for raises and bonuses, for debts paid off and transfer of wealth, for prosperous businesses. Our vast filled with oil and our Expenses decrease, blessings increase, heaven's open, earth invaded, signs, wonders, miracles, and angelic Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for more than enough, so we can give it to your kingdom, co-labor with heaven, and see Jesus in his full reward.